All right, all right, guys. Welcome back. Um, another edition of Successfully Unsigned. We have a special episode planned for you today. We have joining us uh, Melody. Welcome in, my friend. I don't have the. Do I have the? Ooh! I never guess it right. It's always I gotta fix them. So we finally got you on, man. It's been I've been wanting to get you on for a really long time. How uh, how's your week been? Right. Too many hours out of the week, just man. Trying to yeah, stay alive out here, bro. Right, man. I just started another job. Another uh, one? Yeah, bro. So I, I have technically three jobs at bro. the moment. I mean, I get it. It's it's insane. But <laughs> at least I have my nights off, which is honestly what I wanted. So I just don't like working nights. So No, I get it. I work there. It's like a brunch place. Work there Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, and then the normal sports bar, which we'll we'll get to that in a minute. I uh, we we actually met at the at, at a good old Buffalo Wild Wings. Why you say it like that, bro? I don't know because there's no other way to say it. It sucks. Sound like a boxing announcer. And now, <laughs> fuck that, nah, That's what I felt like walking in there sometimes. I get it, bro. It's a fight from start to finish. But um, every night is fight night. <laughs> every night. Too many fight nights, bro. I haven't worked a fight night, actually, since... It's been at least two years since I've worked one. Really? Because now I'm wise to them being like, you want to work this night? And I'm like, that's a fight right? night. Like, yeah, I, I actually I actually keep up with it now. Um, but, I mean... You got schedule just posted on the wall, like, ah, y'all not finna get they me. Try to, they try to get me. I but, but um, happy to have you on, man. Um, if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background... Well, um, I never know where to start with these things. <laughs> um, born, I can't say born and raised in a certain spot because I bounced around all over the place. Oh, yeah, up. that's right. Yeah, Pops is military affiliated, so we never stayed in the same place for too long. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, shit, St. Louis, Japan for eight years, um, I did San Diego for some years, um, Mississippi, Louisiana. We bounced around. We got family everywhere. Um, what was Japan like? Japan was dope. <laughs> like, How long were we there? It was like a year? Eight years. Eight years? Yeah, eight years, bro. And um, I think I'm going to go back at least to visit at yeah. some point. Um, do, you have, do you still have family there? I never had family there. Oh, you, yeah. You, you said your dad was military. Yeah, it was just us. Yeah, and, uh, just just kicking it out there, and the culture is amazing. The people are dope as hell, right? Um, yeah, I'm even in the process of getting the language back down. Like I was at least at a at a basic elementary level when I was there. Um, Pretty fluent. I mean, nah, nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't anywhere near, right. but I definitely Take would be able to to at least survive as a tourist right. at the time. But now, you know, I'm I'm. After so long of not learning it or using it, you kind of lose it. Yeah. And so. I've heard that. Yeah. That's just how it is. You don't practice it every day. Just like anything else, it disappears. So um, I'm in the process of getting back to fluency. Right. Or getting to fluency, I should say. But um, it's cool. Yeah. So you go to Japan. You said you were down south. And then when did you go to Memphis? Memphis to me is I consider Memphis home. Yeah. If I had to nail any place to be home, Memphis would be home. Yeah. Um I moved there two thousand two, I think. Somewhere in there. Hmm. I spent a good amount of years in Memphis though. So I feel like Memphis gets a really bad rap. Memphis why, why is that? Memphis gets a bad rap because people don't live there. Yeah. Um just well, the crime is it's like I mean, but if you it's think about way. it, honestly, what were we about to say? It's like, I feel like it's that way in a lot of places. It's there. It's, bro, crime is everywhere, bro. Right. Crime is every fucking place that you go to. And it really comes down to what your lifestyle is. Yeah. Who you affiliate yourself with. Who who represents you and who you represent. Yeah. Matters more than anything. So if you doing some, if you in some shit, some shit going to follow you. Right. Um, 
But I mean, not a lot of people realize that Memphis is like a hardcore music town too. A lot of people associate with like the food and the culture, but it's music is the birth of blues, bro. Yeah. And so many genres of music that everything else stems from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people people are so focused on the bad rap that you don't realize that it's the birth of so much artistry. Right. That's how I felt about Kansas City. I visited Kansas City, and I didn't realize that that was, like, a big blues city. Mm. Like, I went to a couple little little bars while I was there. Little, little I guess I would call them jazz clubs. It was mainly blues, but blues bar or whatever. But we don't have a lot of that in Nashville anymore. It's all Facts. country, and it's, I can't. Ugh. We don't even have B.B. Kings uh, anymore. B.B. Kings was, like... That was still country sometimes, but it was mainly blues, and there was it was just an escape from, you know, the normal Broadway, the honky tonk bullshit. Yeah, it's that or the rock my baby like a oh god, that's just so fucking draining. Bro. I was on second the other day, like I literally it was when Taylor Swift was in town. Oh my shut god, shut the whole bro. city down, bro. bro. So my roommate had this like airsoft thing that I was going to. He wanted me to go, so I went and watched him get demolished in front of Jesus and all of his followers. Um, <laughs> all right. No, like literally it was, it was bad. He knows, but <clears throat> so I was on the way there and I missed the turn. And do you know that like really um, in Nashville, there's like this go-kart place where they go like 60 miles an hour. It's insane. It's a, mm. the fastest go-karts I think in the South or whatever, but I missed the turn and I ended up having to drive all the way through the stadium. Like I couldn't turn around. They wouldn't let you because Taylor Swift right. was in town. Right. And so all these glittery girls are walking <laughs> just a sea of glitter. Oh my God, the glitter. The Taylor Swift fans, okay, I don't want the wrath of Taylor Swift fans here, but let me just like, say this. Y'all go so hard. Like, I cannot say I like John Mayer around a Taylor Swift fan, or they will murder me in my entire family <laughs> because they believe that John Mayer has sinned. Against them some way because they had that drama with John Mayer. Anyways. Hey, respect to the hardcore fans, man. Right. I mean, the fans that have been there since the beginning, like, because I always ask them, I'm like, if she plays her old stuff, are you still going to ride and die with that? And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm like, okay. All right. As long as you're cool with Fearless, just like you're cool with Baby Now We Got, but that's probably not as new, but whatever her new stuff is, I don't follow it. But I say all that to say, like, I was down there and I literally was picking up some stuff for him before I went to the to the place because I had already missed the turn. I was like, I'm just going to go pick this stuff up. And so I park, and all the way down the strip, I hear Wagon Wheel played in three different bars within walking. To, like, <laughs> it's like either that or the Chris Stapleton, Tennessee Whiskey. Or, oh, my God. And all these are like I good songs. I love that song, but this city makes me not love that song, bro. Thank you, thank you. That and the, what is the Oasis one. Going down to the Oasis. And it's just... I got friends in low places. It's just <laughs> let's let's give it a rest. Let's say we we go one night without that song, no, just it's, one. It's a must, bro. Just hear me out. Hear me out. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's it's nice to have those little nooks and crannies, and I'm sure Memphis has plenty of those. Plenty, bro. They're all over the place. Does Memphis have a lot of country? Honestly, I'm sure Memphis has some country somewhere, but I'm pretty sure Memphis is like fuck that shit. Right. <laughs> As a, as a whole, but very Memphis, like, yeah. I yeah, I was not exposed to country at all until I got here. You have everybody that listens to their secret pockets of music, but right, that's not my genre. I was never exposed to it like right. that. It's just, and then when I got here, it's like in your face, in your face, in your all face, all the time. Yeah, over. Yeah, nah, yeah. bro. I'm I'm kind of good. As soon as you step onto Broadway, it's like honky tonk here, honky tonk there, just. Tonky, and then more honky tonks. Right. So I'm like, fam, right. how many derivations of this name do y'all have? Right. So, you know, you're in Memphis for, you said, eight years? No, I was in Japan no, for eight Japan years. Japan years. In the um, year. How long were you in Memphis for? More than not. That shit. I think like 12 plus. Jeez. Definitely. So yeah. when did you decide it was time to come to Nashville? Um, And how did you make that decision? The it was time to come to Nashville wasn't necessarily a thought process. Okay. Um, it was more like a, there's a need for a change. Mm-hmm. And Nashville just happened to have 
the destination for the specific change that yeah. I had in mind. Um, I decided, you know, I was just looking for something new, something to dig myself out of the mental hole that I had put myself in over so many years. Yeah. And I ended up finding the school that I went to here. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be Nashville. If this school was somewhere else, I probably would have still gone. Mm. Um, but it just was convenient that it was right up the street. Three right. hours away is nothing. Yeah. So you, you came out here and obviously culture change, culture shock. I'm used sure. to culture shock because, like I said, I bounced around military yeah. kid. Like culture shock is not really that impactful on yeah. me nowadays. Yeah. Um, over the years, but this was definitely different. <laughs> this was. That's what I hear from most people. I had heard about Nashville from not only Memphians but Memphians. non. I hate us. I've never heard that. We home, bro. <laughs> What do y'all call yourselves? Nashvillians, bro? I don't know. It's Nashvillians? Worse. It's worse. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah, bro. Heard about Nashville from other Memphians, and they all said the same thing. They were like, Nashville is kind of ass. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kind of, yeah. Kind of no. ass. And I'm like, yeah, I can't be that bad. Mm, you, um, thought, you thought. Nashville, I think, is... I won't give Nashville all the shame, because I think Nashville is definitely on the come up right now. Right. Um, I feel like things are changing very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. But there might be a glimmer of hope um, as far as incorporation of all. What do you mean? Meaning... Like all genres? Yeah. Yeah. Like... I think so, too. I think that's slowly on the rise. Cause we'll I get think in there. We're also because there's so many... It's like a... It's like a, a getaway. Like... Yeah. It's always been one of those, quote-unquote, music meccas. Mm-hmm. But not only is it some of that, but it's also a lot of people are moving here from all over the place. Oh, my God. From serving and bartending. It's like, oh, I've man. heard we're from here. We're from there. We're from this place, from that place. Yeah. And it's it's rare that you find someone that grew up here now. Right. And it's, it's from all over the place. And so right. um, I'm hopeful that the the entry of all these other cultures into this place will mix more and turn it into more of a melting pot city. Yeah. Is what I'm hoping for. Agree. If I even stay here that long, because who knows how that's going to go right now. Yeah. Man. Mm. So talk about your kind of your background in, in music. I mean, what, what kind of sparked it? Like, and uh, how did it manifest to where you are now? Um, I grew up in my, like I grew up with, both of my parents playing music and my mom would never ever cook without singing ever. Mm. That was just, that's her comfort place. She grew up singing. Okay. Um, she grew up in the church singing constantly. My grandma was always like, are you going to sing today? Like, she's like, mom, why are you making me? Nah, you're going to sing today. You're going to sing today. Yeah. All of that. And, uh, so she just grew up just singing since she was a child. And, Mm. um, you know, my dad, she was, so of course, naturally, she would be playing gospel in the house all the time. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. And then, um, but my dad was always playing like, like old blues stuff. He was always into blues mm-hmm. so much to the point that I kind of wanted to stay away from blues. Right. Like, oh, he goes, dad playing blues again, yeah. play some other stuff. Right. But, um, no, nah, I, I appreciate the foundation it built, but he would also play a lot of jazz records. And then he... He had this like gigantic bookcase slash entertainment center full of records and CDs fr- from every blues jazz person I can think of. And then in another section of it, he had all the current R&B stuff. Right. And listening through his different uh, records and CDs and that kind of stuff, I would just stumble on gems here and there. Yeah. And... I ended up landing on the all the like early R and B stuff, and I was like, "Damn, this is some old school shit." But I really fuck with this shit. I fuck with the the vocal layering. I fuck with the textures. I fuck with all this shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I started really trying to sing my own stuff 
not like my own written stuff, but like cultivating my voice mm-hmm. when I was like six or seven. Right. Just from digging into his library, I would find random stuff and I'm like, whoa, I didn't know you could do that with your voice. I didn't know what that was. What is this cool thing where how come some of y'all are just singing straight notes and some of you other people have like this weird voice shaky thing that y'all are doing? I'm like, how do you do that? What is that? And I used to do the whole, like, put my finger to my throat and make the vibrato happen shit when I was a, like, young, young kid. The manual. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, this is cool, but I'm not doing it right. It sounds weird. And then over time, I would just study this artist and mm-hmm. stop, press play, rewind, press play again, and just imitate and imitate and imitate Yeah. so many different artists over so many different songs. And I would literally stay on one run. For like 30 minutes until I could do it exactly like they did it. And next thing I know, I have this culmination, like this vocabulary yeah, built inside my body. And it has become my own style. And right. I didn't even realize it just based off of, you know, being able to speak fluently because you have a vocabulary that you've built up. Right. As opposed to a couple key phrases here and there, like right. learning Japanese, for example. Mm-hmm. So... It's like a muscle. I mean, yeah. like your people don't realize like the more you do it, the better you're going to be at it, obviously, because it, it, your throat's a muscle. Like it's muscle memory, like right. doing all that, extending your range and stuff, but yep. continue all of that. So, yep. So that was my, my foundation as far as music is concerned. And then I ended up, you know, my mom had us in church all the fucking time, bro. Mm-hmm. Like Sunday morning, four part harmonies, bro. Sunday morning, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights. Like she had us in church all the time. Right. And eventually somebody overheard me singing to myself. I was like, hold on, hold on. What? We know your mama sing, but hold on. You didn't tell nobody you could sing. <laughs> I'm like, what are you? Genetic. And they're like, nah, nah, we finna get you up here on this, on this pulpit. You going to sing some stuff. I'm like, oh my God, it's choir stand. Like, all right. Cool. What is this imitation you keep doing? I'm just picturing like Medea movies, like you know, at the oh, end everybody's in church. That's not cool. No, no. That's the only reference you have to Black Wires. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's the only visual reference I have. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So grew up doing that stuff, and it just over time, I just got cool being on stage, and I just. You know, I didn't have the the paralyzing stage fright that I had when I was a young kid. And eventually I was just like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Fast forward to now. Would you say your genres evolved at all? Or is it- um, I would say the genre has. It has evolved just because that's what happens when you mix a bunch of different kinds together. Yeah. And. You know, like I said, I had, you know, background in, you know, doing gospel live. Yeah. And then studying hours and hours of R&B stuff and realizing that it had a lot of similarities. Yeah. Different execution. And, um, you know, each side eventually started taking little bits from each other. Right. And, uh, you know, mix all that stuff together and you end up getting some weird shit. And one thing I realized is I like vocally R and B and gospel is what I grew up studying, Mm -hmm. but lyrically, like as far as um, cadences and lyrical execution, that kind of thing is I study rappers more than I do singers for that kind of thing. Just because singers sing melodies and they get some words in there, but far fewer words than rappers do. And so because of that rappers, I respect the fuck out of rappers because they articulation, the articulation, the cadences, the, the number of words that they have to use per song compared to singers is crazy. And the way they craft their lyrics together. Yeah. Rhyme schemes, all that kind of thing is so much more in depth to me. And so because of that, I was fascinated with doing the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. Hearing rap song, like I don't rap. That's that's not my thing, but I love listening to rappers, and I would do the same thing: stop, rewind, play, and just 
like just go until yeah just go until i can do exactly what they did vocally right the thing that we've referred to as parroting now right like and the, and to think that they'd like freestyle some of that too i freestyling is insane to i me. cannot for the life of me like get my brain to act right when it comes to freestyling bro. Front, you're in front of folks you got a you got a tempo going most of the time it's North of 120. And, you know, you're just, you say, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, an entire novel comes out and things are rhyming and things are not only like, it's not just rhymes. It's, it's the, like contextually, it just, it all makes sense. And it, it's like you, you think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, like that was a slick line that you just came up with on the spot. And yeah. like, I respect that too. That's, I respect the fuck out of rap. The, the, the ability to, Start a phrase, think of the end of the phrase, and then think of back to the beginning of the phrase and how you can get to the end of the phrase mm-hmm. and just do that over and over off one bar. But then you've extended it to four or five bars where yeah. you rhyme something at the end and then intentionally omit it. And then, like, but you have it at the beginning. Also, like, how did you skip? Yeah. How do you, the forethought that it takes right. to rap is fucking crazy, bro. Mm. And, and, the confidence in the delivery, the confidence, the, the yeah. keeping the the persona the whole way through, and just it's so like it. It's just like drummers, right? Like drummers are fucking crazy. Yes, like the like crazy in the sense of like genius as fuck. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how drummer like I've tried. It's it's a whole different ball game because not only are you thinking ahead, but you're like moving, you're octopusing like. <laughs> You got left hand doing one thing, right mm-hmm. hand doing another thing, yeah. left foot, right foot, all doing different shit. Mm-hmm. And every time I've tried to drum, my left hand sinks with my right foot some kind of way along the way. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you separate these <laughs> brain paths? Like, man, I, I love drummers. I love watching that right. shit, bro. I, I learned how to play. Like, I play drums, but not well. Like, I, I there was a time when I could, I was okay. But yeah, I got on rock band and I started <laughs> doing Started doing rock band, and I thought the same thing. And then you just—I don't know. I think it's, it's a muscle memory. It's thing. muscle memory, and it's—it literally is just muscle memory. And like, just thinking I feel like, ahead. Yeah, I think being creative. I think you just have to spend so much time hammering it into your body. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, uh, until your left arm doesn't have to think anymore. Yes. And then you exactly. have your right foot doing some shit until you don't have to think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, this whole vocabulary concept again comes back up and you built up this vocabulary in each limb. Yeah. So they're able to function without you making them function intentionally. Well, like the thing about it also is like you can speed it up and slow it down. Like mm-hmm. I know with rock band, like keep going back to rock band, <laughs> but they had a mo practice mode where you could slow the song down to yeah. like where you couldn't even understand what's going on. And, yeah. and you're, you know, you're sitting there hitting one pad at a time and then you speed it up a little bit. And you're like, Oh, okay. It and makes more it, sense. It makes more sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of muscle memory. But, I fuck with drummers, bro. But, I respect the hell out of them. So, you know, you, you developed your genre. You came to Nashville and I couldn't even put a name on it at this point. People would be like, I'm with you, do you do R&B? Because they hear me singing some notes. Yeah. Like, R&B, I feel like R&B, I respect the genre, and I grew up in that genre, but I feel like More calling myself that. R&B would put myself in too small of a box. Yes. Yes, so, and see, that's what I'm afraid of, too. When people are like, you're, I guess you're just pop, and I'm like, no, don't say that. <laughs> I'm not just pop. See, that's a broad spectrum. And pop I'm like, is whatever. Not nah, yeah. Pop yeah. is pop is what's whatever's popping. Popular. Like yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be like the fruity, happy sounding thing. Like it can just it's like whatever's fruity. In. What? Yes, it's like the Harry Styles. Sorry, ladies. Taylor Swift. You know of. Oh, know. that's what you meant. I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm talking about like just very like positive vibes when you hear. Oh, like bubblegum, yeah, sunshine and rainbows, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so to me, that's a very broad box to be put in, and you know, I like to think that my genre. I hope that there's a lot more complexity to that, and I hope that when I ask people after I play a show, I'm like, "What do you, what genre do you think?" I hope that they kind of stop and they look at each other and they go, "Um, 
You know, that's what, what, what I want. I don't know what. Yeah, bro. That's what I want. I would be excited as fuck. I don't know what to call him. Right. Perfect. Yes, that's what I, I want. I did the thing. So, you know, we met at, at Buffalo. Um, many, from, many moons. From there, we, you know, realized we kind of, there were a lot of people we worked with that did music. Like, yeah. people don't understand that servers and bartenders low-key have some of the best talents you'll, like, I don't know why that's a thing, but people in the service industry randomly are just, like, talented. Like, artists, mm-hmm. a lot of musicians, a lot of, like, we worked with somebody that was a DJ, and, mm-hmm. like, it, it was just a wide spectrum. Producers, like, if you want, if you want to go into a restaurant, like I guarantee you, there's at least three or four people there that have some kind of special ability when it comes to art. They do music to some capacity, not even just music, but like yeah. And it's you think about it, it's like being in that industry, the service industry, dealing with people. It's what entertainment is too. Like, bro, I didn't uh, even realize it until like some years later. But you know, I always had this this drawback of mine where I just you know I had stage fright Mm -hmm. but it was like people stage fright like super super introverted and didn't know how to talk to people had no social calibration skills at all um couldn't start a random conversation with people I don't know like that kind of thing yeah and then I thought of doing this would be terrifying yeah bro and then I just thought of all the years I spent like each each table you go up to is a new conversation. It's a new, it's a reset. You're like, these people don't know me. They've mm-hmm. never seen me before. I don't know them. I've never seen them before. And we're starting this dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that shit lasted for like a week or two. And yeah. then without realizing it, it just became autopilot to walk up and like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And then I fast forward however many years and I'm like, damn, like, I don't have this same stage fright that I used to have when it comes to people. Like, yeah, everybody that I'm around these days is like, oh, we have to have Melo in the room. I'm like, bro, why? Yeah. Why do you? Nah, bro, I'm good. Like, I'll stay over in my corner. Right. Like, you don't even have to invite me. And they're like, no, 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 we have to have you there. Mm. Like, why, bro? And they're like, because you have this weird superpower where you just come into the room and it can be the most serious situation ever. Everybody's tense and you just do the mellow shit, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. And now everybody has relaxed into making this a, a, a situation where creativity can thrive Mm -hmm. because you've loosened everybody up. Yeah. You've knocked that, whatever that fucking social wall is down, the tension, the need to be like, you can be professional, but still, you know, enjoy yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of people can't, Merge those two. Yeah. And they're like, you have this ability to knock the wall down. And now you know everybody's cool. Everybody's kicking it. Everybody's enjoying themselves. Everybody's serious. And everybody's on point. Mm. But everybody is still able to relax. Right. I'm like, the only thing I can attribute to that is serving, bro. Like, it, it really allowed me to delve more from the introvert to cross the middle ground is the ambivert, I think. I forget what the term is for the middle ground. Mm. Into moments where I can be extroverted yeah. and it just comes out. Yeah. Um serving, bro. It just yeah. did it for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely can agree with that. Um also learned how to not like people very fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You learn how to read folks. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, like for sure. when you walk up to a table, you know. Nine times out of ten, you know what's about to happen. Like, you know. That's, the, yeah. That's another thing. Reading people very fast. Their their body language, their eye contact. You know, so a, a lot of people that don't look at you, they're just constantly staring at the menu. You know that they're not really going to be interested in you having conversation. You can see people's tendencies and personalities right. off. And mm-hmm. it happens quick. Oh, yeah. It happens really fast. It's and it's like, just, oh, it's going to be some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? I'm going to like the fuck out of these folks. Right. Yeah, bro. But, <clears throat> so... You know, we we discovered that we had you know some some similar music tastes, um, and we mm-hmm. actually did collaborate on a project. Uh, I guess it's has it been two years? Oh my god, two! It ain't been no two, bro. It actually, been, it was twenty one. February of twenty one. It wasn't two years ago. No, bro. no, no. It was it was twenty two. You're right. You're right. It was twenty two. I started <laughs> the project like 
three years before. Like, no, nah, bro. I feel like you might be right, actually, because I know I released it a year after. A we started on it two years ago and then released it a year ago. Yeah, that's what it was. I know I had it started like. Yeah, you said you definitely had a year before. You had like tabled it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, if you guys want to hear it, it's called Ivory Black. It's on Spotify. You can go go listen to it. Um, you know, it's it's a beautiful song. I still go listen to it, and it blows me away every time. Um, so good, bro. You know, we we worked pretty hard on that. Obviously, we talk about all the time that we could have done so much better on the production and engineering. We, in the engineering, yeah. Um, but as far as as far as the artistry and as far as the um, just the the makeup of the song it's a beautiful song mm. and um yeah when i when i started on it back in i think it was 2020 it was into the pandemic sort of maybe middle of the pandemic it, i did not imagine that it could be what it was once your contribution was added That's and so true. i was not expecting to contribute as much as i did honestly right right and and you know whenever anyone talks to me about the song they always talk about your verse they always talk about really? <laughs> Literally, everyone like it, it's crazy. Like a lot of people at work have have got on it, and then you know a lot of people for a while it was it was the one on my profile. By the way, it is under my profile, David Overstreet, um, on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you get your music. But <clears throat> a lot of people would go to it, and they would just be in awe about you know they'd be like, "Who's the other guy on it?" And I'm like, "That's mm-hmm. my, and I would tell them about you and uh, sort of your background, and they'd be like, "Man, that guy's." That's cold, bro. I mean, and it just kind of like just the blending of the kind of the warm and the yeah the tones and stuff. So I wasn't expecting it either because you were what? I think you just came to me one day and were like, you know what? I've been kind of stuck on this shit for a minute. Yeah, and I don't know what the fuck to do with it. I don't know what direction to take it. Right. So yeah. what? You want to just come in here and just see what <laughs> just the fuck see what's happens? Up. Like yeah. And I start humming some random harmonies, mm-hmm. and at first it was just that. Yeah, that's how it, that shit is backgrounds. That's how it started. It was like, I think I originally called you and I was like, do you want to help me do some backgrounds? Or yeah, like help yeah. me? Because I was at a point where I was kind of struggling with my confidence as far as my ability to, like the strength of my voice and the timbre. Mm. And so I was like, you know, I, I think. some warmth on here to. Right. I think let's try a different piece to the puzzle. And sometimes you have to put that pride down and say yeah. like, this doesn't always have to be me. Mm. Right. Let's try something new. Let's. Let's collaborate, and honestly, like, it's a good exercise for any artists out there, like who, who are have always done their own stuff, who've always made their own music, and are thinking about collaborating. Like, sometimes you kind of have to put down your pride and say, "What would this look like?" Yeah. And nine times out of ten, sometimes you may not like the contribution, but I always tell people it's like it's not what you expect, but it still turns out. To be something that you'll it's new treasure and it's new it's new i think yeah that was probably the thing that i liked about it the most because mm-hmm. if it was just me i wouldn't have come up with that shit mm-hmm. if it was just you it wouldn't have been what it was mm-hmm. and it just it we had never worked together so i was like i don't know what the fuck is gonna happen i don't even know what you're gonna present me right now right but i just i've heard you sing and i've heard you play so i i trust your ear and i trust your right. creative your creative process yeah and um, creativity is the word I was trying to think of. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get in there. And I was like, who does this dude sound like? And <laughs> two or three artists came into mind. And the, you sounded like a combination of all of them. And I was like, I can fuck with this. Right. Because you sound like what I listened to growing up. Right. And, um, you know, get in there. And we just man, did some shit, bro. <laughs> and next thing you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, I can listen to this repeatedly and not you know with your real old shit you'd be like this is fucking trash yeah this is ass i do not fuck with this yeah i fuck with it for the experience of it Mm -hmm. because you gotta fail to succeed but yeah this shit is trash this song i don't feel that way yeah like it just has a special place you know like it'll always have that special place for me personally i think that's the best part about it is like it's it's a song that just like provokes an emotion for me, not just because of like the content of the song and the lyrics, but the place you were, in the life. place I was in during that mm-hmm. time. And just, I think the fav- my 
favorite part of that the whole process was just the stacking of the harmonies and the just adding new layers to it to give it more warmth and give it a personality. That's what I love about every song is it starts out with no personality and you give it a personality and it is a reflection of you. Mm. It's a reflection. I think there's reflections of me in that song and reflections of you in that song. Mm. So that's the beautiful thing about music is it is a reflection of you, of, of how you feel and of how you to child view the world and just, you know, and so and it's just like anything creating, like, just like an art piece, um, you know, it's just like writing a book. It's 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 an art piece. And that's why I always, when we started that and when we finished it, there was this sense of like accomplishment of like, wow, I didn't just start this project and put it on a shelf, mm. you know, forever. I didn't just give up on it because mm-hmm. that's what I tend to do. I tend to write a verse, write a chorus, maybe get a second verse going. And then I'm like, this is boring. Mm. And then you put it away. This one, I don't know what happened. I think I was in Colorado, and I showed it to a buddy. He's a producer friend of mine. Um, and he was like, dude, like, why don't you pick this up and finish this? And he was like, because he was listening to it, and he was like, it just ended. Is that it? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you should finish it. Yeah. And so that's, like, that night I went back, and I just added, just pushed through and added the parts, because that's the part that is hard for me is just finishing adding all the parts and you know, the, the guitar parts, because there's so much precision involved in that. It's like, it's not like you're doing it live. It's like, mm. I want, this is on a recording that I'm going to listen to forever. So if I miss oh, a note right. or if I pick something wrong, mm-hmm. you look at the clock, it's 11 p.m. And then you go back and do it and you look back and it's 3 a.m. And you're like, okay, I got to stop for the night. Mm-hmm. And then every time I get on a roll with production, somebody would, you know, I get a call from somebody and I still had kind of a social life. So it was like, I had to go hang with my friends and, I couldn't just be like, no, I'm working on this. Goodbye. But Man, at the I'm same time, sure I really have, wanted to. I'm sure you have done that a few times. Like, yeah. I feel like that's part of it too, though. Yeah. And the people that really fuck with you will understand the sacrifice also. Of course. Like the other night, I was I was working on something, and I kind of had to sacrifice like going out and doing stuff and just kind of stay in that process because you never know what you're going to get from day to day. Like mm-hmm. you could be really into something, and then the next day you're like, oh, no, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like it's gone. I, I was in this mo- mode, and my brain was wired this certain way at this certain time, and now it's it's gone. It's hard to get the flow back. It's hard to get it back. Yeah. Um, and so, I guess like, what what was your process like process like during that? During Ivory Black, yeah. Um, well, to me, I'm not even gonna lie. There was a certain pressure that wasn't there. Because mm. it wasn't my my song. Right, right. So I was just helping. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So the uh Yeah, I didn't get hit with that that apprehension that I, you know, as an artist have had to struggle with, which is like what I make like, you know, you talked about the the product, the art, mm-hmm. you know, your child that you're sending forth into the world. Yeah. I have a bad tendency to be like, this is trash. Even if it's not trash, I'd be like, this is trash. And I'm just hard on myself like yeah. that. And, um, you know, it's one of the things I struggle with because if I look at it objectively, I could probably say this is not bad. Like, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, people would fuck with this. I fuck with this. Mm-hmm. But I'm just hard on myself like that to the point where it doesn't matter how much work I put in. I'm like, nah, this sucks. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that I've worked on for some years and it's gotten a lot better. But I still face that shit. But that day... I didn't feel, I didn't have to feel that because it wasn't my song. Sure. I was just the help. I was just, you know, assisting on the shit. Yeah. So, you know, I get in there and, you know, based off your fucking melodies, um, your melodies on that shit, the, the, the track that you took on that was just crazy. And I just immediately was hearing harmonies. Mm-hmm. I was immediately hearing background oohs and ahs that I could have done. Yeah. Like just, just, you know, the vocal pad to fill that shit out. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just was like, oh, this would sound cool. And then I do one note. Right. And I'm like, I know what can go on top of this. Right. And I do some some other note. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what to go well here? Another note. <laughs> but not the note you would think. I'm going to do some weird shit. Yeah. And next thing you know, we got a fucking full ass stack. Yeah. Stack. Fat stack. Of like fucking 10, 12 <laughs> to the vocals. Point, I remember there was a point where I had it. 
like I had it open and I was working on it remotely and my computer was just not having it. Yeah, it was bro. every time I started to play it, it was too like, much heat, bro. You almost overheated. Seventy five vocal yeah. tracks here. You almost overheated the laptop, bro. Right, right. So <clears throat> I kinda wanna shift gears. Like you had mentioned you'd kind of struggle with a little bit of the confidence. Uh-huh. Um you know, our audience on this podcast is, is mainly people that are doing it D- DIY folks, like people that are just kind of getting into the into the big into the wet, industry, getting their toes to wet, out. trying to figure out how they bridge their talent into entertainment. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess you know, I know that you know the fight still rages on with all of that with mm-hmm. every artist, really. But what advice, if any, would you would you have for people that are, you know? You know, they're 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 at work. Somebody, you know, that friend will be like, he sings, and you're like, why did you? Say oh that? my god, shut up! And they're why like, you do you have any stuff that I can listen to? You know, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say to that person in that moment? That's like, should I show them? Should I not? To the person that's like, where's your stuff? To the person that's that has the stuff, like even if you have just like a little demo. Oh, like or if something. I overheard yeah. this conversation and somebody asked the other person, like, hey, where's your music? Yeah. Okay. And if they were to go inside their head and talk to their conscience, what would their conscience say to them? Me being their conscience? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um, honestly, I have to, you know, speak from personal experience on that one. Mm-hmm. I would say do the best that you can right now and put that shit out. Mm-hmm. That's my best piece of advice. Like do the best because it's never, it's always going to be, Better. The more you learn, the better you get. Right. So to the person that like hasn't put any music out, um, and I'm in that boat right now because I don't really have anything. I have like one one or two songs that, and I've done features for other people, mm-hmm. but I'm still in the boat now where I'm trying to culminate this almanac, yeah, of songs of my own that yeah. aren't features. And so you know, to an artist that is in the same boat that hasn't put out much, um, so I guess inadvertently I'd be talking to myself and uh, I would have to say, just do the best, the best of your ability, the best that you can right now Mm -hmm. and put that shit out. Not even necessarily for other people, Mm -hmm. but so that you can press play on your own shit and be proud of what you did. Right. And be like, I put my blood, sweat and tears into this. I put my hours into this. I neglected my friends on these nights, they wanted me to go party and shit. I said, fuck that because I need to be doing this for my own sanity and my own happiness. And I put it out mm-hmm. and I can press play on it and I can enjoy what I did and be proud of that shit. And that way, when you have a list of things and somebody's like, oh, uh, what's your Spotify? I'm going to look you up. And they may or may not actually look you up, but your due diligence in that moment is to be like, oh yeah, here's my name and here's so-and-so and, you know, be proud of the shit that you did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you ain't got to, you know, shy away from the conversation no. and be like, well, I don't know. Nah, bro, you, you did this shit. You are, you put all these things into this. Mm-hmm. You made it happen. You got the bodies together. You got the players. You, you produced it or somebody else produced it. You spent the time getting your vocals right. You tweak little shit. That somebody else might not have noticed because it wasn't right to you. Right. And you put it into this full package. And this is your baby. This is a thing that you made. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you should be proud of it. And you have this list and you say, nah, like, yeah, check me out. And like I said, that person may or may not check you out, but you're proud of what you did. And you never know what your art is going to do for somebody else. either. No. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, my number one motivation for making music that I've discovered over years is, or, you know, to have the desire to really make music is that you don't know what your, how positively your music can impact somebody else. Cause you can't decide what they will feel listening to you. Yeah. You can't decide how it will affect them negatively or positively. Mm-hmm. All you can do is, be proud of your art and put it out. And I know I have several big artists that I've listened to over the years that fucking saved my life, bro. When I was on the edge, I'm like, I heard this one song and it pulled me back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 
I would love to do that for somebody else. Yeah. I would love to put my art out and somebody else listen to it and them being able to say that song, even if it's not a whole body of work, like a project or EP or album, this song saved my fucking life. Right. And I want to do it for somebody else. Then that pay it forward cycle happens. Yeah. And you got generations of people behind you all because you were brave enough to put out that one song Mm -hmm. that you had been sitting on for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, that leads me back to Ivory Black and, you know, I have to be grateful for you giving me that opportunity because that was the first song in many years where I could go to Spotify or Apple music or whatever and press play Mm -hmm. and be like, that's me. Right. Or somebody else can be like, Oh, I heard your song the other day. That shit's fire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be like, damn, I guess I my voice is out here. Yeah. But I have no shame in the in the song at all. I have mm-hmm. all pride in that song because we put so much time and effort into it. You wanna know why I think I think a lot of collaborations happen? It's because artists are stronger together. Like mm. the beauty of like fellowshipping with other artists and then collabing with other artists is they may be strong in what you're weak in. Mm. And so, you know, just contextualizing the whole thing, there are so many elements to a song that may not be yours, that mm. may be someone else's that contribute to the song in a way that, not even that you couldn't, but just in a way that you didn't think. And yeah. and you're, you're stronger together as artists. And that's why I feel like anytime you can collaborate and get out of your comfort zone, mm. And, and sit down on a right with somebody that um, just thinks differently than you just thinks differently and listen. Like mm-hmm. we talked about this a lot on the first episode, um, just like being open to creative, like the creative process involves your, it's opinions. It's, it's creative opinions. Like somebody will have a different creative opinion than you about something. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Yep. It's the way they see it. It's the way you see it. Figure out, first and foremost, you need to figure out if those things can, is there a middle ground? Is there a way that you can mesh those things? And that's what I think the beauty of Ivory Black was, Mm -hmm. is there were moments where you were like, hey, you know, I know you can do better in this area, Mm -hmm. and you're going to do better in this area. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I tried to do the same for you and Mm -hmm. tried to give you that opportunity of like, look, I know, you know, we'll be sitting by the Drake machine and you'd be singing like, bars on bars and I'm just like, Oh my God, this man is amazing. But it's like, and you're just like, man, that was, that was just, I was just messing around. Like, you know, you, you gotta, you know, sometimes you just gotta have that confidence and, mm. you know, pass that on to other artists and cause they need that. Like even the most confident artists still need that. Yeah. And so you gotta stick together when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think that's good. Cause it gives you, it gives kind of like how we all have, well, both of us and whoever else might be feeling the same way have come up with their current style. Their their style is not, I'm copying, pasting this one artist. No, you've been listening to so many songs over the years. Now you've become a culmination of all of these things, which means mm-hmm. you took creative, unspoken creative advice from yes. all these different people. Yes. And like you're saying, with collaboration, you are open to different styles, different kinds on the same song we were listening to, mm-hmm. and I thought of something you didn't think of, and vice versa. Yeah, and being open to to trying shit that we wouldn't have thought of normally, and mm-hmm. just seeing where the fuck it goes. Yeah, made that song great, and you know that's why I, I agree with you on the collaboration thing because I might be amazing at something you're trash at, mm-hmm. and there's something that you're great at, like fire, and I'm like, eh, this ain't my shit. And right. next thing you know, you have this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece. And then next thing you know, you got a fucking Megazord walking around and shit. Like, right. It's just, it just becomes a collective effort that, you know, surprises the artists. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, like at the end of ivory black, I was not expecting. If I look at it, like step back, I'm like, this is not what I thought we were doing at first. No. And that's, that's, Probably one of the things that's scary and also exciting 
yes about creating music and i learned that with in making this new song and it's you have to be okay with venturing out and trying unheard of shit yeah but also that's what innovation is in general and you can innovate within yourself by saying by not being afraid of trying new shit mm-hmm. and i feel like that's how genres are created that's how movements are created that's just how change happens yeah if somebody's like this would be cool if i did this Mm -hmm. and if every time that happened you were like well i don't know i've never done it like that before and you just stuck there Mm -hmm. you'd be like nothing would change and nothing would grow nothing would get better so just in music as a person in life you just have to be willing to be like let's try new shit and that's what collaboration is so and it may flop but and it may flop, but you know, it may not. I mean, you, you just have to, to put it out there. Yeah, I think that's you know, just be prepared. Note. Like that's part of it too. Yeah. Is like being ready for that possibility. Yeah, but being also not not being aware of that possibility while not running away from it because yeah. it may it may flop. And I had to learn that the hard way. Is you could either jump in and try it, mm-hmm. and it may flop. But it also may not. Right. And if it doesn't, you might be blown away and surprised at how well it does mm-hmm. because you were brave enough to put your pride aside and your fear aside to just fuck it and just jump in. Yeah. It's really fear, man. It's just fear that keeps a lot of artists that are really talented. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, just nah, continuing to go shit. with I the face that shit all the time. All the time. And this shit fucking sucks. Yeah. But and I, yeah. At some point, you just have to be like, am, am I going to fear myself out of living? Yeah. Or am I going to give myself a chance to be excited and be happy about the outcome? And also just like that, that should be primary, but also the secondary of like you can give to others, right? Like also, honestly, that's really the, the main, that should be the main, yeah. that should be the main motivation is like somebody may need what I Decided to put on the shelf. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. So, exactly what I was saying earlier. Yeah, like, you never know how positively that shit can affect right. somebody's life. So, and and just watching your journey might inspire somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think if nothing else, that's what I would love about. Like that's the biggest result that I would take the most out of is somebody being like, I watched your journey, and it let me know that I can do it too. Yeah. Because I was scared to, but I watched you do it. Especially like for me, watching people that had odds stacked against them was my mm-hmm. biggest thing. Cause like I was the most inspired by all the people that didn't have the quote unquote talent, didn't have the opportunities, mm-hmm. didn't have the upbringing that just landed them in the shit, mm-hmm. but they fought their way through and yeah. they fought themselves through Yeah, and, and allowed themselves to do some shit and I see it and I'm like, damn, bro, if you did it, you had all these walls in the way, like who's to say I can't do it too. And I feel like once you're far enough down that path, it's like, I ain't going back. Like, yeah, I'm going to fight for this because I've already done this. I've already mm. sacrificed this. I've already, at that point you got to roll. It becomes who you are. It becomes mm. your story at that point. It becomes, you know, something that, makes you happy and it, and it serves a purpose in your life. Mm. And you know, that that's a beautiful thing. And I hate that. That's only like, I feel like we're in a culture now where people associate like music being passion is like, Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm. It's like, no, it's just like being passionate about being a, you know, a carpenter or, mm. you know, a designer or whatever. It's, it's, it's all creativity in, in different ways. And, and yeah, so I mean, it's important stuff, man. And I hope that people that are listening to this really hear this and, and, and take, take it seriously because, you know, you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised. Oh, God, you're not. And you, you never know what can happen. I mean, I could, God forbid, I could get in a wreck tomorrow and lose Trip my, down the stairs and lose my left hand and I can't play <laughs> guitar anymore. And it's like, I've thought about it. like one time my buddy asked me, he's like, what, what, what would you feel like if that happened? And I'm like, so many things. I would, the biggest thing would be regret. It'd be like, I didn't do enough with what I had yeah. when I had the talent. And mm-hmm. so I don't ever want to have. 
When I had a left hand, yeah. <laughs> I could get a, like, pres- whatever. The robot prosthetic. Hand. Prosthetic. I was going to say robot hand. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah. So, not to get too deeper on that. But before we get out of here, um, I'd like you to, if you wouldn't mind, plug uh, this new song you were talking about. Just tell us about it. What's the vibe? Uh, I know you, you don't really have a real... Sort of release date, but I mean, yeah, talk we, to us we about still it. it's still in the works. So release date is not solidified yet. But um, this new song has been quite the journey. Yeah, like yeah, you know, it started out with just a beat and a song. You know, the lyrics that I had in my head mm-hmm. like years, like four or five years ago, and it wasn't until last year that I was just like, you know what, I don't, I have to be able to take my own advice that I would give to somebody else to just do the shit Mm -hmm. and just do the shit. So I'm just like, you know, lizard dog. (laughs) Yeah. That's chief. (laughs) It was way in the back. Why you locked me out? No. um, Yeah. He's been chilling this whole time. Uh, But no, um, been the whole journey and uh, I just decided, fuck it. Yeah. You know, you don't have, you don't have tomorrow. You don't know if you have tomorrow, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, you know, bought the beat and uh, just started recording vocals on it. And when I, you know, the single vocal track that I had in my head, it was just that. But what it's become now, I had no idea that it was going to turn into this shit. You were asking about genre. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Um kind of dark in the subject matter but the the vocals i think fill it out in a way where you will feel good listening to it mm-hmm. and um you know i think the lyrics are are delivered well and i think the story my my goal with all of my music will be to put a to plant a a, a movie in somebody's head if they close their eyes mm-hmm. and i feel like that's some of the best stuff that people put out yeah so um did you get a, a working title for it it's gonna be called insane. Insane. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I I I dig the song. I'm yeah. really really excited about it. I'm really like <laughs> like I can't ex- describe <laughs> how excited I am about it. When I heard it. I was like, <laughs> so at the beginning when you were like, I just let you hear it, and you were like, you know, like I'm excited that you got on it. You were like, I I, I want to put some jazz guitar on this, and I'm yeah. like, huh? <laughs> it's like shut up. Let no, me have, it wasn't shut let up. Let me it have was, this, bro. No, it wasn't even that. It was like right. it was like. You want to put, I would have never thought to put some jazz. What? Who, mm-hmm. Why would you do that? But who, who, fuck it. Like, yeah. Who knows? Who knows the yeah. collaboration thing? Mm-hmm. And we work well together. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, who knows? This man be coming up with the craziest licks in the world. And I don't know how he does it, but he does it. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to be like, fuck it. Just here, try this. Right, right. And then you came to the studio the first time. And then you made some shit, hmm. and at the end of it, it was just like, nah, this is ass. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> neither I didn't one have of it us today. fucked with that shit at all. We were like, you know what? Let's just do this another day. Right. And then maybe like a month later. Um, I think I tracked something at the house and sent it to you. Did I? Or yeah, did I come yeah, in? yeah. So what ended up happening was we, we, we had you working on something in the background. We mm-hmm. didn't know when it was going to be sent back to us. Mm-hmm. So um, me and my homie Drew, who was fucking. I don't know how to describe this man. He's a fucking robot of an engineer. Mm-hmm. Like once he programs something in his head, he knows all possibilities and applications the best of, yeah. of said thing. Crazy. Yeah. But I fucking love that dude, bro. That's the homie. Best. One of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, we were just sitting in the lab and he was like, Hey bro, you know, we don't know when Dave's going to send us something back. And it was one of those days where we didn't have like assignments to do. We didn't have much going on and uh, you know, nobody had a designated project. Like we want to work mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. So we just decided to work on insane some. And uh, one of the other interns, his name is Sean. He was sitting there and he was just like, uh, Drew was like, shit, you want to give Sean a try at this shit? And I was like, eh. again, mm-hmm. the, the why not muscle. Right. Is being worked. And I'm just like, eh, why not? And then he, you know, spent however long, like an hour or two. And then me and Drew just was like, nah, do it like this. Nah, try this. You know what would be cool? Do this. And then 
you know, he did his. And there was a lot of stuff on it that, at the end, it was fire. There was a lot of stuff on it we could use. Mm-hmm. But there was also stuff that wouldn't fit. Like, it wasn't bad stuff. It just wouldn't fit right. in those specific spots in the song. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so we hit up um, we hit up one of our other homies, Gage. He did something. And, um, you know, Drew was like, why don't you let Gage try it? Next thing I know, um, I'm just like, you know what? My old roommate, homie, Elliot, let, let me, let's get El Boogie on the track and see what he does. And he sends something back. And I'm like, bro, why are all these? I didn't know that my guitarist homies were cold like this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. But everybody had great shit, but also stuff that would not work. Yeah. And I was, I pretty much had it as like a competition thing. Like yeah. whoever sends back the most complete take. Mm-hmm. Or comp mm-hmm. is gonna go on the track, right? And then nobody did it. Nobody sent back something where I would only use theirs. Mm-hmm. So Drew randomly was like, "Why don't we just do a super comp? Why don't we put all of them on it?" And I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was like, "Huh? <laughs> you, you know, usually when you get a guitarist, you'd be like, you know, so and so featuring Van Halen, and he did the thing, like, yeah, yeah, but." You know, then I thought about it, and then Drew, you know, I was like, maybe we could do this. Drew was like, I mean, are there rules to this shit? And I was like, motherfucking genius, bro. I love <laughs> this dude. You're absolutely right. Fuck it. Let Again, fuck it is powerful. Yeah. And we now we have four guitarists on this one track. Mm-hmm. And just because of everything that y'all did, it's it's given this song like this whole new thread this whole new vein that was not there originally with just the instrumental and my vocals Mm -hmm. and now it's i don't know what the fuck this creature of a thing is nowhere i don't know what genre it is anymore but it all fits so well and i cannot wait until we're done mixing it right so that we can get this shit out yeah man because it's i'm actually really really proud of what everybody did yeah and i'm really really ready to also feel that relief of yeah damn we've been working on this shit a minute let me (laughs) it's finally done like that's awesome man but um yeah who knows um photo shoots music videos you know who knows what's gonna happen we're gonna see right yeah well like i said man i am so excited like and uh i'm looking forward to to hearing it and it's i mean the vocal work on that song is just masterful like you did a great job appreciate that so um yeah man we um we just went over it's a weird fucking song bro <laughs> it it is but it's, it's a not weird fucking song. it is but it's not there's a lot of air and a lot of space in it and i cannot wait to see how you f- fill that space mm-hmm. um but because you haven't excuse me you haven't heard the final one i haven't no um, and i don't want to hear it till it's completely done yeah, yeah, yeah. like i want to wait all until, the guitarists are like Right. Is the song done? We want to hear it because right. nobody's heard the Megazord yet. Yeah, you keep giving us like, man, freaking white knuckling <laughs> over here. I'm like, is it done? Is it done? Is it done? Like, he's nah, like, nah, it's, not it's, yet. It's but you, you've you've ran into some stuff you can't control on that. So, yeah. and also I'm a fucking perfectionist in it. No, no, fact to so. a fault. So I'm like, if it ain't right, it ain't fucking right. Right. And you know, yeah. Poor Drew over there is like, okay, super cop. <laughs> no, nah, because Drew's over here like, nah, bro, like. I could have been said yes on some shit, and he was like, "No, nah, he's almost worse right. than me." Like, no, oh, it has to be right. He's, he's the opposite. He's he won't let you be like, "Nah, that's fine." Like, no, 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 no. That's the thing, though. I'm we're the same on that. Yeah. But those moments where he wants to be like, "Okay, it's cool," I guess. I'm like, "No, <laughs> this element has to be done perfectly." And then there will be something else in the song that I'm like, "It's good enough." Yeah. But that's the thing that he's good at. So he's like, "No, we have to get." I'm usually the vocals dude. <laughs> right. But then like. The compression has to be right on, yeah, on yeah, yeah. this Tech this multi band compression has to be yeah. correct at this frequency on this guitar. Man, he's doing the EQing and mixing he's like, as he's, he's like, going. No, it's crazy. Yeah, bro. But <laughs> that's the that's the good thing about being a being a dark horse for so long. It's like I'm able to speak that language now. Yeah. I'm able to understand what he's doing and be like, nah, nah, bro. You might need to, you know, turn the threshold down a little bit on that or mm-hmm. you know, put a high pass on this or yeah. you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm not fluent as he is by far, but we can speak some of the same language now. And yeah. he's, he, knows he doesn't do deal. vocals at all yeah. himself. So 
working with me has opened his eyes to what it's like to engineer with a vocalist also. Yeah, some engineers just get it. They just get it. They get artists and they know how to work with them well. And then there are some that, bless their heart, they don't. They just don't know. Um, and he's he's definitely got that vibe about him where it's like Drew's a fucking robot. You can program people skills into him. Yeah, and he will get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Great guy. Great guy. Okay. Um, so before we roll out of here, um, just want to give you opportunity to plug your socials. You know, just you know, we've already talked about the new tune and um, the new tune. <laughs> so um, um, Instagram, where can we find you? Yeah, Instagram is uh, mellow underscore d six three. You can find me on IG. Um, same thing on Snap if y'all use that shit. Same thing on TikTok. Um, you know, working on getting the Spotify Apple Music situation coordinated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And definitely listen to Ivory Black. Like we said, um, he's featured on that. So um, go to go to my profile, listen to that. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to, to hear what you got working on. And I appreciate you coming in, taking the time to do this, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I know it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. Schedule's coordinated. It has been a minute. Well, guys, we are um, we're gonna get out of here for the night, but uh, really excited to start having guests on the podcast and uh, start talking about some some real topics. So we uh, we're gonna get out of here for the night, but uh, we will uh, wrap this one up, and we'll see you next time, guys. Love, love.